Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition Human Events Daily. We have a white hot story for you today, folks. This program today has obtained leaked audio from a White House phone call, including a DOJ lawyer discussing religious exemptions to the vaccine mandates on abortion. You have to hear this. You have to hear what this person said. Next, Southwest, a freedom flu protest and new breaking news about uh, employees that have decided to not take the vaccine next. And a veteran Antifa member who took part in the CHAZ has been sentenced to 3.5 years in federal prison. And finally, the G7 is planning to roll out a new program called the Central Bank Digital Currency. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Human Events Daily has exclusively obtained leaked audio from a White House official of a phone call that took place in late September between DOJ lawyer Marty Letterman and the rest of the staff of the White House. This call was regarding religious exemptions and religious accommodations. Listen to what this DOJ lawyer had to say about religious exemptions when it comes to the issue of abortion. Cases. And for instance, in the New York case that's currently going on against the state of New York, the Thomas More Society is representing a bunch of doctors and nurses who claim that they would sin gravely if they acted in cooperation with the evil of abortion. How would they be doing so? The claim is that all three of the current vaccines either have fetal cells that were, that were obtained by abortions in the vaccine itself, or in the case of Pfizer and Moderna, that those vaccines were tested using fetal cells that had been aborted. And even the connection to the previous testing makes them cooperative with evil in a way that their religion prohibits. I don't want to say anything too categorical, but I believe that when this claim will be very difficult for agencies to successfully claim that that's either insincere or non-religious. Even if it is, even if we know that many of those claims are not sincere or are sincere but not religious, this is the most common claim you're going to confront probably. And it's likely that you will have to take as a given the employee's claim. Not always, right? One response that some hospitals have started to give is, well, do you know that Tylenol and Tums and Preparation H, those were all tested using aborted fetal cell lines too. And I expect that employees will then say, well, I didn't know that, but now that you tell me that, I'll stop using those products as well. And then, then we will turn to the, what, what does the government have to do once the employee makes that show? And here, basically, there is a compelling interest, obviously, in keeping our workforce and the public with which we interact safe from COVID. So I want to be incredibly clear about this. What he's saying is, now... We know that many of these exemptions, these religious exemptions, accommodations, may not be sincere, that the employees are not sincere in their religious beliefs. So this DOJ official thinks that it's incumbent on him. He's the one to decide what your religious beliefs are. He's the one who gets to make the decision whether or not you have a duly held religious belief. This is who's running our government, ladies and gentlemen. These are the people at the highest levels of the United States administration under Biden. 
they will determine whether you are sincere or not. And listen to his words, listen to the specific words that he uses. We know that most of them aren't sincere. And then he brings up this, you know, this joke, this canard, complete canard. Frank Luntz and I got into it over this on Twitter recently when he talks about aspirin. Aspirin's been used for hundreds of years, right? This goes back to Bayer, the 1800s. Willow root has been used for thousands of years, right? This is a complete canard. But they know that they can use this up to try to sow dissension and doubt and, every, and uncertainty on you and on your religious beliefs. And I've said this before to the pro-life community, this is the seminal issue. If you are pro-life, you need to step up and say it's time to end abortion testing, right? Be firm on this, right? Vegans won't eat honey. Universities will pay reparations for something that happened hundreds of years ago, right? So when it comes to this, even if it is distant, you need to demand that companies in the United States be better. And when it comes to this, be firm. If you are a federal employee, you need to sue. You need to sue the federal government, sue your administration, sue your agency, whatever you're in. Take them to court. You have First Amendment rights to religious protections under the United States of America. And you either have your rights or you don't. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, but you're going to have to fight for them because that's the situation we're in here today. Now, the White House official that gave this to us, we thank them very, very much for providing this information to us and will continue, by the way, to provide more inside information as to what's going on inside the Biden administration, as to what this regime is pushing on the federal workforce and to the people that do have sincerely held religious beliefs, as opposed to what DOJ officials and what Biden and everybody else are telling them that they ought to believe and what they should believe. No, no, no they'll tell you what they believe. Southwest Airlines just this morning announced they are going to be dropping their plan to put unvaccinated workers in an unpaid leave status starting in December. Why are they doing this? Because of the freedom flu, the protests, the sick outs. They said it was, oh, it's just the weather. It wasn't just the weather. We knew it wasn't just the weather. And the people that work for that airline were actually out there just yesterday at their headquarters, Love Field in Dallas. My friend Savannah Hernandez was down there. Look at this footage that she got from this massive freedom flu protest right outside Southwest headquarters. Take a look. Represented here today, whether there's flight ops, ground ops, uh, Provo, anyone that has any department with Southwest is out here just telling our CEO to stand up for Texas, stand up for our freedom of choice. 
as you can tell, we're getting lots of attention here, and just no ju no vaccines are should be required. There's no medical tyranny should be allowed in Southwest Airlines. We're the love airline, the airline of freedom. Our slogan is freedom, and yet our, our executive management is trying to take away our freedoms of choice. What would your message to President Joe Biden be? <laughs> I think it's very clear. Joe Biden needs to start standing up for America and not for the, uh, the foreign nationals that are supporting him. And it's just as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen. The working men and women of this country have a voice. You actually have all the power, right? I talked about this before when I talked about the history of Poland, that in the solidarity movement against the Soviet Union, against the communist regime that had taken over Poland, it was the workers, it was the dock workers at the shipyards that led the fight forward. They said, we are gonna stop. We are gonna shut down economic activity. We're gonna shut down trade, uh, of course, transport, all of that infrastructure, that human capital that played that huge role in being the backbone of the country. They put their shoulder to the wheel and they said, no mas, we are not going along with this anymore. And I've said before, by the way, that it's your personal decision. Now, it's been my personal decision, my family's personal decision, and I've said this publicly, we are not vaccinated. Um, though I should probably add, yes, of course, we are vaccinated for every single other vaccine that's required out there. Uh, I was in the U.S. military. Of course, you get shot with everything. You walk up and down Vaccine Alley, you know, all up and down. You get the left side, the right side, the left side, the right side, shoulder, 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 shoulder. And the last one, the last one goes somewhere else. Um, then when I went to Guantanamo Bay, you get the TB shot, tuberculosis. Because when you come in contact with the detainees, uh, particularly from Afghanistan, uh, tuberculosis is still an issue there. So they determined that I should get the tuberculosis vaccine. So I got that one as well, right? Perfectly fine with getting all those vaccines. It was perfectly fine. But when it came to this thing, because we've already had it, because we've had COVID, both myself and my wife, like real COVID, like, like on my butt, wasn't the flu, you know, uh, mainlining DayQuil and NyQuil for a week straight, right? We have natural immunity. So I don't understand, right? And I mean, don't get me wrong, I understand the arguments, but we've made the decision, we also look at it from the pro-life perspective that we're not gonna go for it. That's our decision. The workers of this country have a decision to make as well. And you're seeing it now spread beyond the airlines, uh, Americans making decisions, Delta's now making decisions. It's spreading beyond that to the military, it's spreading beyond that to the police departments, Chicago, right, 50%. TSA agents, by the way, I just flew this weekend. We spoke in Denver last night at the Centennial Institute. Fantastic, fantastic event. Uh, really go support them. Colorado Christian University, the Centennial Institute. Jeff Hunt, thank you so much for having me out. But when I flew, when I flew, I noticed that only one TSA checkpoint was open. That's because the TSA is now seeing a worker shortage as well. What do you suppose is behind all of that? Now again, I'm not saying all of this is being done because of the vaccine mandates, but understand that COVID policy and our complete mismanagement of this situation has led to where we are as a country today. That's where we are in terms of these labor shortages, and that's where we're going to be if they continue to want to push this thing by December 8th. Of course, December 8th is the December, the biggest travel month of the entire year, Christmas and New Year's. You do not want to use that time to shut down your travel. You look at the problems with the supply chains right now, but as well, you also have to say, 
If because we're having problems with getting stuff overseas, get your Christmas shopping in now. Order American. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code POSO for up to 66% off. Order American. Beat the supply chains. Put money back into the United States of America. MyPillow.com for your Christmas shopping. You will not regret it. Okay, so huge news, folks. I know I've been talking about Turning Points America Fest. It's going to be December 18th to 21st, Phoenix, Arizona. You need to be there. And I remember I've been telling you for all this time that I wish I could tell you some of the speakers who will be there. Well, guess what? It just dropped today. The official list, or I should say the start of the official list of speakers. This isn't everybody, but listen to some of the names that we're able to say right now. Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Kaylee McEnany, Ted Cruz, Jesse Waters, Candace Owens, Donald Trump Jr., Madison Cawthorn, myself, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Congressman Jim Jordan, and even Sarah Palin is going to be there. Folks, this is the hottest ticket in conservative uh, space today. Make sure you go there. Go to turningpoint.com. Get your tickets right now because once these are sold out, they're done. So don't come to me and say, Poso, you know, I, you know, give me the hookup. Can you, can you get me in? Can you do something? Can you give me? I, look, guys, I am giving you fair warning. We are two months out from this thing. Go and get your tickets now. Get your accommodations. Get all your stuff set up because once this thing is gone, it's going to be the hottest thing. Now, what I haven't been able to announce yet is the country music acts that are going to be playing there. And I've been asking myself, please, can I just can I say because it's A plus plus. It's A plus plus. It might even be honestly some of the names A plus plus plus. I would give them the third plus. I actually would give them the third plus. Not all of them. Some of them are just plus plus, but some of them definitely the third plus. <laughs> Go there, get your tickets now, lock it in, massive. Tucker will be there, I'll be there, Charlie, Don Jr., it's going to be amazing. You might even say it's going to be huge. Let's get into our next story, though, because this is actually a big one. An Antifa member has just been sentenced to 3.5 years in federal prison. His name is Daniel Allen Baker. What's the background of Daniel Allen Baker? I wrote about this in my book, Antifa, Stories from Inside the Black Bloc, and I wrote about him very specifically. He is someone who pledged to attack the, the Florida Capitol in Tallahassee. He said that he was going to go there and raise a militia in order to attack it. Now, this isn't the first time that he's been involved in militia activity. Daniel Allen Baker also traveled overseas to train with Kurdish militia and the YPG, these left-wing foreign fighters, in, in northeast Syria. He went up there and he was fighting with them. He claims that he was a sniper. He then traveled to Seattle during Chaz last year when I was there to become one of the armed militia that took over a six square block radius of downtown Seattle. And he was involved uh, because of tweets that we have of him. We know that he was involved. We don't know if he was actually pulling the trigger, but he puts himself because of these tweets at the scene of a double shooting that took place toward the end of Chaz. Here's video from right after that incident. So, so, so I just want to hear this. This apparently, this guy came through here, broke through the barricade, and the defense people here stopped this person. That's what I'm under That's the assumption. Yes, yes. Okay, it was it was two people. Yeah, two people in the car. Two people in the car, and it looks like both of them were were hit, yep. and both of these people were hit by defense 
Okay, so they didn't... Now, this actually is a quite significant development, and of course, it's only being covered in, you know, I see it on Tallahassee.com, I see it in some local news. This isn't getting wall-to-wall coverage. They'll go and show every single one of the grandmoms from January 6th who was walking around the Capitol and taking a selfie because she thought she was on a tour, didn't even cross the velvet ropes, you know, and they'll send huge teams in and it gets wall-to-wall coverage on CNN and MSNBC. But I guarantee you, you will not see this story anywhere else that a hardened left-wing militant who received overseas training in extremism and military training, who traveled to Chaz in Seattle to put that training to use. In my book, I even talk about how he said that he wanted to go to Chaz to institute even more violence, more attacks. He was talking about getting AK-47s. He wanted to build bombs. He wanted to build IEDs. He didn't think that they were going far enough in Chaz, even after all the people that were killed, even after all the brutal destruction that took place there in Chaz, he didn't think that it went far enough. This is Daniel Allen Baker. And then he started planning an attack on the Florida Capitol in Tallahassee. Of course, Ron DeSantis is governor there. Understand where we are in this country. Understand what moment of the movie you're in. We got one of them, but there are so many more hardened Antifa out there that are allowed to operate. You know, one thing that we've been doing on this show that I don't think you're gonna get anywhere else, Human Events Daily, we are telling you the future. We are giving you stuff days in advance, weeks in advance, months in advance. We played, of course, the White House audio for you this morning. You're not gonna have that anywhere else. That comes directly from a White House official that uh, specifically gave it to Human Events Daily because they believed in the power of this program, the power of this audience. Be the influence agent. Make sure you are sharing this out with everyone. Share it with your normie friends. Share the audio with them. Let them hear the DOJ and the White House in their own words. Now, I want to give you someone else in their own words. This is the Chancellor of the Exchequer, right? This is a British title. It's the number two, actually, British um, member of parliament, member of the government, right under Boris Johnson. His name is Rishi Sunak. And he is talking about something called a new G7 report on the central bank digital currencies. What is this? This is the Great Reset's answer to Bitcoin. We've told you before about how the Great Reset is aiming to remake the world financial system. But Bitcoin stands in their way as a decentralized uh, currency that central banks and governments cannot control. So what's their answer? The central banks are going to be instituting their own digital currencies. Listen to what he says and listen to how he talks about it. Today, I'm proud to say that under the UK's presidency, the group of the world's seven most advanced economies, the G7, is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. Unlike most of the digital money people use daily today, it would be issued directly by a central bank, like the Bank of England in the UK. And governments and central banks across the world are working together, looking into what having a digital currency might mean in practice. This includes issues that people care about, such as ensuring users' money would be safe and secure, that it could work with other ways to pay, would be energy efficient and available to everyone. A potential CBDC could offer businesses and consumers new ways to pay in the future. 
It's all part of the wider story of digital innovation that has delivered benefits to millions around the world and in the UK. The decision on whether to launch a central bank digital currency is for each country to make, and no G7 jurisdiction has yet made that choice. These decisions raise important questions about the reshaping of our economy, financial systems, and the way in which people interact with money and payments. That's why working together and careful evaluation with our international partners is essential. I, I love this guy, I love it. It's like, it's so wonderful. We're going to have uh, a digital currency, and I see that you guys like your Bitcoin so much, so what we're going to do, it's so nice, we're going to have digital currencies, it's kind of like Bitcoin, but it's controlled by us, and it's controlled by the central banks. In fact, maybe it would be so good that we'll just merge all of it together, and we'll make one global currency that's directly controlled by all the central banks in the G7. Don't you see how wonderful this is, right? Of course, now, we know China did the same thing with the digital yuan, but this is totally different. Uh, we're not just copying China's system, no, 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 this is different. Ours, of course, is called CBDC. It's quite different from China's, which is called the Yuan. So you see, it's completely separate. Folks, we see what you're doing. You want to take away this store value. You've inflated fiat currency beyond. You've stretched it beyond its normal lifespan. And now you're trying to take over the digital space. You're going to outlaw, you're going to try to outlaw crypto and push everyone onto this. We see you. Thank you so much again for watching us here, Human Events Daily. We really appreciate everything you do. Make sure that you go, be the influence agent. Remember our motto, be good, be brief, be gone. And of course, go and leave us a review. It actually gives us a lot of help. We thank you very much for this. It's so incredibly important. You must go, you must leave us a review. Do not give up, do not give up the fight. We are in this moment and we're in it together. But of course, before I go, it's time for today's moment of history. And yes, we were just dunking on the British, but there was a reason for that, because today's moment in history, the Battle of Yorktown, the final battle of the US Revolution, where George Washington accepted the surrender, and the United States of America won its freedom and independence. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>